Well, this is the Child Discipleship Podcast powered by Awana. I'm Ross. You know who you are. Thank you for listening and watching, and thank you for being here. Guys, I'm so excited about this conversation. I am joined by uh, the one and only Lacey Finborgo. Uh, Lacey, welcome back to the podcast. Mm, thank you for having me. It's always great to have a little conversation with you. Now, folks who may not be familiar with your work, I want to make sure we sort of set the table, which is to say you're an author, you're a teacher, you're a spiritual director. Uh, and people can learn more about you via Good Dirt Ministries, which is linked mm -hmm. in the show notes of this episode. You also wrote a new children's book, All Will Be Well, Learning to Trust God's Love, which I read to my kids and I'm really excited to talk to you about because mm -hmm. um, it's fantastic. But one thing that stands out to me in all of your writing, uh, your books from before, your writing, uh, part of your ministry, your spiritual teaching, even the children's book, is you have this unhurried way about you that I think is so critical for spiritual formation. That's so obvious as a, like a, the heartbeat of your ministry. Mm -hmm. I imagine a spiritual gift like that is something that you've had for a long time, but I'm curious, mm -hmm. was there ever in a sort of aha moment where you went, mm -hmm. oh, I'm moving at a different pace than the mm -hmm. world is moving as I follow Jesus? Mm, mm, that's a great question. And one, <clears throat> I'm actually joining you today, visiting uh, my college age kids. And mm -hmm. one, so this is a little conversation we just recently had. That's one of the gifts of um, having ongoing relationship with our kids when they leave our home is that they get to help us know how we really were. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. I've yeah, had that conversation. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, Oh, and so we're doing this now. Good. Um, and I, I actually, my natural inclination is not unhurried. Um, I am scheduled. I love systems. Mm. I like for things to sync together in efficient ways. And if you're with children, they will teach you right off the bat that that is not reality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've had 21 years of, um, practice, mm. um, learning from the children in my life, uh, about being unhurried. I love that. And I think it's it's one of those things that I think is important to articulate, even mm. though it's probably obvious to many people, right? Mm. Everyone who's listening to this has had that experience with a child where they really need to get going somewhere and the child really wants you to know that that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> and I say that as a guy who had that experience with both my kids this morning while we're doing this conversation. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think what I so appreciate about your transparency there is mm. that shows me that even for those who feel frantic or overwhelmed or particularly uh, burdened by mm. the world right now, mm. that even if that is not your natural bent, you can still engage in this practice that I would argue is much closer to the rhythm that God wants us to operate at baseline. Is that a fair mm -hmm. kind of summation? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. And I, as I sort of look back over the my 21 year parenting journey, um, uh, as I learned to see my children's, um, invitations to be unhurried, um, <laughs> as I began to see them as the, the Holy spirit inviting me to freedom, basically, mm. like I'm inviting you, Lacey, to freedom from your own agenda. 
you know, everything was a, it wasn't a shame. It was just an invitation to freedom. Hmm. That's a whole other shift. Um, I love that though. Because I think what people need to understand in that is how, of course, that's what God's, God's calling us to. And of course he would use your kids or the kids of you who's listening or watching to help us get there to get through our hard headed adult heads. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that the invitations are continual. Um, (laughs) The invitations that I got when they were toddlers are different than the invitations that I got when they were middle schoolers, when they're high schoolers. And now that they're in college, whole different invitation uh, to uh, release my own agenda and sort of get in, in step with the spirit's time. Yeah. And I would hope that people who are listening or watching can, can take that as an invitation for them themselves, right? Mm-hmm. That one of the best parts about what we do as parents, what you do as a children's ministry leader is take the time to put away the schedule, to put away the phone, to put away the things that create that hurry, even the good things, right? The, mm-hmm the family schedules and the things that are definitely life-giving can often still operate at a pace that is more defined by the culture mm-hmm. and by what Jesus is asking us to do. I think a really important question because it requires discernment. Um, that's it. It's very important because it's not that we don't have to hurry to get people to school. Mm-hmm. We do have to hurry when we cannot find the homework and we've lost the gym shoe, we have to hurry. That's, that's just reality, right? Keyword shoe, right? You always have one. Oh, there's very only one. Yeah. Right, right, right. And if you're really, um, really batting a thousand that day, that shoe will have laces in it. So mm. there's that, there's that. But I, I think the key is discernment, right? It's being able to ask in the moment, okay, what is my hurry serving? I love that phrase. What is this serving? What is my agenda serving? Hmm. So is it, and and I mean, the, the answer that we want to be listening for is, is it serving my relationship with God, my relationship with my child is, is, is my pressure on this child to (laughs) get all their stuff sorted and let's get in the car. Is that serving, um, their relationship with God and Mm. their relationship with me? So there's a lot of reciprocal threads, but that word, what is it serving? That phrase Mm. can help us know what is going on here. Yeah. I'm, we could park out, we could park in this cul-de-sac for the rest of our conversation. (laughs) I'm thinking the, my son has got, my son has always been particularly drawn towards prayer. Just an interesting Mm -hmm. thing about him. And he's three years old. He would walk around constantly going up to my wife and I saying, pray. And we had prayed 12 seconds before Mm -hmm. and we're like, "Uh, thanks for the son. Like it, it really genuinely created this wonderful sort of moments of gratitude. And he's recently clued back into that around bedtime. And mm-hmm. what I realized was, and I say this, dear listener, just because now Lacey is apparently my therapist. Uh, what I I made this shift of going, oh, he's doing this to prolong bedtime. Mm-hmm. He wants to pray because he wants to prolong the bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. To, it is serving our relationship as father and son, and it is serving his relationship with Jesus to see and hear, literally praying out loud, the simplicity of my prayers in those moments. Right. And so what if it is, 
Mm-hmm. So what if he's asking you to do it to stay up late? Who cares? Amen. So I want to I want to clarify something because I think mm. it's important for not only the context of your ministry, but how so much of you, so much of your ministry intersects with what we talk about every week on this podcast in the work that Awana does. Mm-hmm. Is there how would you define is probably the right way to ask this question? The mm-hmm. differences between spiritual formation and mm-hmm. discipleship. In this case, the spiritual <laughs> formation of a child versus child discipleship. Sure. Well, um, I'm going to sort of pull my definition of spiritual formation from uh, Dallas Willard. Mm-hmm. And basically, I knew you would, so I was excited yeah, to ask. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if if you know who knows, that's who you go to, right? <laughs> um, so he he says that everybody gets a spiritual formation. So everyone is getting a spiritual formation. The, the, the child who grows up in, in a Buddhist home is getting a spiritual formation. The child who's, who's, who is um, parents have no religious affiliation, they're getting a spiritual formation. Um, the child who, you know, just name it, everyone's getting a spiritual formation. Child discipleship is a way of becoming like Jesus in the way of Christ, hmm. in the way of Christ. So it's not necessarily a creed. Mm. It is not necessarily, it's not a one acquiescence, Mm. a one confession. It is a lifetime of acquiescence. It is a lifetime of learning the Jesus way. Yeah. That's so good. I think I want to have that definition moment, which I know you as a teacher, you're very used to, but because I don't want people to be tripped up by handles. Mm-hmm. We talk about the 3B child discipleship pathway of belong, believe, become. Mm-hmm. We're not doing so because we believe that that is the terms everyone should be using. We're right. doing so because we want to provide a way to talk about the importance of child discipleship. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that people hear spiritual formation and hear those clear differences and hear the opportunity in both. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I love the idea that you know, the world is going to spiritually form our kids or ch- uh, school sports is going to spiritually form our kids, right? That there are so many. That's different- just reality. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think it adds a level of urgency to this conversation that is mm-hmm. not in contrast to the unhur- unhurried nature that mm-hmm. we started with, because that's sort of where I want to go to next. I remember from your book, Spiritual Conversations, Spiritual Conversations with Children, mm-hmm. you were able to describe several different encounters, I believe was the word you used, Mm -hmm. um, that you had with kids and just the beauty of those little kind of everyday moments of discipleship that happen Mm -hmm. and how you would walk into a certain space, how you had certain handhelds that you use for discipleship. And you really painted this beautiful picture. And again, I would encourage people to check out Good Dirt Ministries because I know I go to there for sources of uh, encouragement and the, the, your gifts as a communicator. But I want to connect how those everyday moments build a lasting faith. Mm-hmm. Because I think in context for the typical, we'll say, Awana club leader who is involved and has been involved probably for a very long time on a Wednesday night and is, you know, the small group leader for Puggles, which is one of our youngest uh, curriculum blocks. I want to make sure that that person knows that sitting there coloring next to that kid or sitting there with the pictures that sort of help tell that Bible story do make an impact for lasting faith. 
how have you seen that play out in your own ministry and what ways have you found yourself to be encouraged when sometimes it may feel like you're just coloring next to a five-year-old? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, there's, there's a couple of things that come to mind. So feel free to jump in and steer the conversation. <laughs> if I've had too much coffee and now I'm talking about goats and why are we doing that? So, um, <clears throat> That's a separate so, podcast. We'll do a second right. episode just about right goats. on, right yeah. on. Okay. Um, so two two words come to mind, and th- those two words are recognize and respond. Mm-hmm. So that's a simple conversational, spiritual conversational practice that we can bring into every situation in our lives, whether we're with kids on a soccer field, whether we're sitting by them in puggles and coloring. Um, pictures, whether we're doing Legos with them, whether we're cooking uh, lunch with them, mm-hmm. whether we're just every conversation, we can do one, two things, recognize and respond. So we begin with asking the child some questions, just an easy conversation. This is not the Spanish Inquisition. So just <laughs> easy conversation. And you can begin if the child has God language or maybe has grown up in the church, begin to just say, I wonder if there's um, a way that you've experienced God today and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be things that you didn't expect, a whole host of things maybe you thought, well, is that God? Well, I just want to invite you to be a listener rather than a judger. Um, mm-hmm. Then that can be God's work uh, in that. Um, just listen and then um, invite the child to respond. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you would like to say thank you to God to that, or what would you like to say to God about that? Now, if a child doesn't have God language, you just you, you can just back it out a couple steps and ask, okay, what's something today that um, you saw that was good or beautiful or really real? Yeah. Like it was really real. In our digital age, lots of fantasy around mm-hmm. what, is, what was really real. Those are great questions. And, yeah. then, and then what we're doing is we're bridging the gap between secular and sacred. Because it's not that God has, has disowned our world, you know, for God so loved the world. So God's presence is shot through our world. Amen. And what we can do for lifelong discipleship is those two little questions is we help children to see. Well, and I think too, that's principles that you can apply to your own discipleship. That's stuff that you can do every day. That's stuff you should, I I don't often do this, but if you need to turn this podcast off right now, dear listener, and take that moment to do that with what God is up to in your life today, please do. Because one of the things that I've been able to see what that, when happens like that, when I do that with my own kids is it removes the common barriers between adults and kids. Yes. We say this all the time on this podcast, but particularly for kids who do have God language, who do, who have accepted or who have come to know mm-hmm. Jesus and yeah. are, there is no junior version of the Holy Spirit. No. And we often treat kids that way because in other contexts, we have a hierarchical relationship with them. And you really do in so many different examples, lay out playbooks and examples and ways to practically cut through that. And you see 
I've seen it in my own kids, my daughter, especially how, how much more engaged she becomes when she realizes I'm approaching her as an equal. Exactly. And, and can I just tell you, you're following in the footsteps of Jesus. I mean, we got, we, we have, we have two separate accounts recorded in each of the four gospels. And every Mm -hmm. time he levels the flight playing field. And every time he says, bring them to me. Amen. Every time he never says, you know, get them sorted first. <laughs> no, actually he's the, the word uh, is indignant. He becomes indignant with the adults. Mm-hmm. Which I think every person who's listening and watching can agree yeah. sometimes, sometimes yeah. no, but I think what I love about that picture is it's one of those things that if you've been with kids for longer than two seconds, you've mm-hmm. experienced and I would just, again, go back to where we started, mm-hmm. encourage you to take the time to experience that again. And that that is more yeah. important than whatever your agenda was when you were prepping the group before. Yeah, I've cut you off. Please. Yeah, no, no. And, and there's kind of two, two things that come to mind. The first is that it's reciprocal. Hmm. So when we, when we share, um, when a child shares with us, we, we also get to share. And in that, we help cast a vision for what a life with God looks like. Hmm. And, and the second thing I want to share is it's going to be very ordinary things. I mean, maybe you had a vision of an angel at your bedside, which I've heard before from children and adults, Mm -hmm. but maybe, um, you were in line at the pencil sharpener and somebody let you cut in front. And that felt a whole lot like goodness because you got back and were able to finish your math quiz in time. And that was God's, that was God's fingerprint. So it can be as you know, who am I to decide how the Holy Spirit is going to encounter people? So that I, I want to highlight that and have you shout it from the rooftops for the people in the back, because I think that to me is one of, again, one of the things that really stands out to me about your work, right? You have all of the credentials, right? If I read your entire bio, it would take up most of the conversation of this. <laughs> and you, but at the same time, what has been so clear through talking to you, through hearing about you, through our mutual friend, Kevin Orris, Mm -hmm. is that you continually do whatever you can do to, I'll say, humble yourself Mm -hmm. to work, to the work of a child. Mm -hmm. And what every person who's listening, who is a children's ministry leader knows is there is nothing more humbling than standing up in front of a bunch of kids trying to teach them about Jesus. Exactly. And instead of running away from that, you've embraced that. And I'm, well, I, I oh. think the, sh- the shift is I'm not going to be Jesus. I'm going to meet Jesus in that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I learned that um, in teaching in inner city, Rochester, New York, because I went in there with all the credentials and all the hubris of 21 years. Oh, Lord. And, um, <clears throat> and they, they sorted me out. Mm. And the, and when we started to really learn and really connect with one another is when I thought, all right, I know Christ is in you. I just need to look for it. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Research is clear. Parents hold the most significant influence in a child's development. That's why Awana developed Talk About. Talk About delivers child discipleship through simple discussions and family fun, forming lasting faith one conversation at a time. 
With your family's monthly subscription, you'll receive an email each week containing your talk about bundle, including guided conversations through suggested scripture passages, which allow families to engage in the Bible and answer big questions with the truth of God's word. You'll also get fun hands-on activities to take the guesswork out of child discipleship. Kids will color, create, sing, and share, and kids will remember and reinforce what they've learned throughout the week. It's the everyday moments of life that can become moments that make an eternal difference. These are the moments Talk About was created for. Bring the gospel home and help your kids form lasting faith one conversation at a time. Try one month of Talk About for free with this special promo code exclusive for our podcast listeners. Resilient. That's resilient for one month of Talk About for free. Get started today at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. I want to talk about All Will Be Well. Uh, mm. And then, I, yeah. but I want people to not only he- hear about this book, but I also want people to stick around because where I want to leave things is a bit of what this looks like practically. So we're going to dive cool. into some practical tips. Fantastic. But for All Will Be Well, two things I want to say about it. One, it's a delightful book. It's beautifully illustrated. It is just, it's a joy to read to your kids as a 31-year-old dorky dad. Uh, it's, it's gets that full endorsement in that regard. But also, I'm curious, as someone who has done, has been used by God in a lot of different ways, what brought you to write a children's book? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I actually wrote children's books years ago. So okay. I have a couple that are out of print. Um, uh, so th- that's not new to me. Great. Um, what, what, and, and so I'm a spiritual director to both adults and children. And what I find is spiritual, that, that really well-written uh, picture books, children's picture books, um, disciple both the adult and the child. Mm-hmm. So I could write it in a book, which I have another one coming out, Faith Like a Child, that's for adults, teaching adults to welcome their childhood selves and embrace the father, um, the way that Jesus says, Abba. Well, so that, that's I'm, coming out later. I'm excited to have an excuse to have you back. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, um, uh, so I can write to adults, but if you write a children's picture book, you're going to get both the children and the adult. Mm-hmm. And what's really phenomenal about children's picture books too, is that you get all the key pieces that you need for discipleship. You need connection. Mm-hmm. So when you're reading a picture book with a child, they are snuggled in. You usually have some kind of physical connection. Even if they're sitting by you, your legs are touching, you're breathing the same air. There is something that is happening, um, you know, uh, uh, with that physical, emotional uh, connection that draws us into deeper connection with God. Mm -hmm. And then if the illustrations are spot on, now we're talking about a visual representation of what's happening. Um, which far extends for most children, um, a verbal understanding of what's happening. Mm. Um, And it it really extends for adults too, but adults don't like to hear that. Um, (laughs) And, and the language. And then if you have, like, we have an author's page in the back to teach you how to have some conversation with children, you have all the pieces for discipleship in a lovely little piece of art. Yeah. 
and so that's super interesting to think about because I think I love hearing the intentionality behind that, mm. right? Because I think sometimes, especially as parents of young kids, I find myself interacting with, I'll use this word, it's not quite the right word, but interacting with content that was mm. made for them. Mm-hmm. That is clearly not as well thought out. Oh, and yeah. I think like you about, want to chew your own arm off. It's terrible. It, yeah. And I think about how, what I was feeling, engaging in that, reading it, and how that's exactly what you described. And again, I would love for people to check it out for themselves. Um, there's mm. links in, there's links for it in the show notes. And mm. quick, quick side plug there. Uh, if you watch this on YouTube, I'm, I've mentioned earlier, we are posting these episodes uh, on childdiscipleship.com and as well as on YouTube. If you go see this conversation with Lacey and I, uh, there is a promo code that is specific to uh, Child Discipleship Podcast listeners that I would love for you to check out, but I'm not going to say it because I want you to go check it out on the video. <laughs> Good. And, and I'll give you this one little, what do they call it? Easter eggs? Yeah, my children are teaching me things Um, (laughs) is that um, I was like, we need a representation of the Holy Spirit in this book, just just kind of symbol and see, you know, if children can pick it up. There's a dog that just stays right at the child's elbow and is like there with her in her grief because it's a story about grief Mm -hmm. and is there with her in her anger her expression of her grief, watch for the dog right at her elbow. Oh, man. It's not like pedigree dog. It's like run of the mill, (laughs) just like the Holy Spirit would do. Just sneak in right under the radar. That's delightful. Uh, Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to Ross Conference Book Club. Uh, So I want (laughs) to... I want to... Make sure that we touch on a few uh, more things, but I could talk to you for six hours, man. Yeah. One of the things that's, again, so clear about your 21 years of experience is you've been able to see the fruit of this work. Mm. You know, what I'm always finding myself trying to encourage people who are just getting started is to remind them that some are just going to plant and you may not see the, see the fruit, but when you stick around for long enough, as so many of you do in this community, it is astounding. Mm to hear about the decades of service that you have dedicated to child discipleship in your context, you get to see what the fruit looks like. And then you get to sort of see, oh, here's some common mistakes and here's some things that are really effective. Mm -hmm. So for purposes on ending on more of a positive note, I want to hear about some of the missteps. When people are, I'll use myself as an example. I had this moment when Abigail, my daughter turned, was about four where I had this thought of like, oh, her first memories are being formed now. So I am no longer, my wife and I are no longer in the business of just setting up a spiritual environment for her to encounter God in. Now it's serious. Now mm-hmm. it's, you know, now, it, now we're in the game mm-hmm. and the discipleship took on a different meaning at that point. So for the person who's in that stage, regardless of what their context looks like, what are some common mistakes that you see adults making when it comes to the spiritual formation or the child discipleship with kids? Mm. Okay, so I'm going to say one, and it might even be a little controversial. So let me, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just going to, yeah. Um, valuing content above connection. Amen. Because children 
are human beings. So their relationship with God, even if you bring them up in church, even if they all, all the things, it goes exactly like you think it's going to go, but you know what? They are human beings and they've got a really, really long journey with God. And that's not going to look like anything that you think. (laughs) And what's going to hold is your connection with them, not any content you give them. And it's not that the content doesn't matter, but I said valuing content over connection. Oh, that's so true. It's so good. And, and, and let me give you this one other thing, this little piece of hope. And remember, God always bats last. Hmm. Whatever is happening in your child's life, no matter where they are, how old they are, you remember parent, teacher, grandparent, auntie, uncle, friend, pastor that god bats last what do you mean by that god always will have the last card with this child Mm -hmm. that god is the the is the fiery uh pursuit of love in their life yeah and no mistake you make no choice they make God will always bat last. Yeah. Again, I've, I'm going to become a broken record on this episode, mm-hmm. but the the tremendous invitation there. Mm-hmm. I think about I was someone who wasn't didn't become a Christ follower until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I see every single time I talk to anybody who hasn't who came to know the Lord in that four to fourteen window we talk about so much, mm-hmm. you see their face light up when they talk about who that person was or who those mm-hmm. two people were it is never a large group mm-hmm. it is always one or two or perhaps three people sometimes right and you dear listener had that opportunity through the connection mm-hmm. but thank god literally yeah. that we don't have to do this all ourselves no, no. so one of the things that is so incredibly encouraging though that though it that is so incredibly encouraging i should say but one of the things that i'm curious about you mentioned you yourself are uh not an unhurried person outside of your ministry practices how do you clock back into that mm-hmm. you know you're a human you get pulled off track you <clears throat> you know get narrow minded or narrow focused like everyone who's listening and watching what are the ways in which you not only feel God pulling you back on track, but the practices that you use to get yourself as a leader back on track? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, um, I don't know if your listeners know about kind of like a rule of life or a rhythm of life, sort of um, the things that we do and the ways that we shape our life in order to sort of m- to be sure that we are stepping into the stream of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And there are three, there are three, what I call the survival three. So the others may fall away if things get crazy, but there are three that are non-negotiable. One is I have to sit in silence every day for 20 minutes. Now I grew up, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. So I'm, I grew up used to a quiet time. So I have a journal and I have a Bible, but nope, nope. I don't need an agenda. I need Mm. to sit in silence and just be 20 minutes every day, no matter what, no matter what. 
Um, the second is um, I'm in the gospels. So Jesus lived an unhurried existence. And yeah. if I want to catch a vision of what that looks like, Jesus shapes the vision. So I'm in the gospels every day. In, and I may read the, I may be praying the same four verses for six weeks, but I'm in them every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the third is I'm watching for those invitations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, today, you, you, you gave me a great help by shifting this podcast, our time, um, a little bit earlier because um, I, I needed a little unhurried space to be with my kids this afternoon. And um, so it's watching for those invitations and go ahead and taking them invitations just to slow it down and be fully present to the person in front of you. That's so good. I'm curious though, because obviously the, the follow-up there is how that translates to kids. Mm -hmm. So to ask an incredibly broad question, but just for purpose of putting uh, some words to this, what is the most effective spiritual formation practice for kids? Oh, that's good work. That's a good question. Um, I don't know if I could say most because it really depends on the child to be sure. quite honest. I would, I, as a, a person who um, uh, stands in this, in the spiritual formation, Christian spiritual formation stream, the non-negotiable is knowing the life of Jesus. Mm. So from, from their birth, you begin to tell Jesus stories and inviting them to look, look around um, like their, their life that they're living. You know, maybe something happens at school or on the playground or with a friend and you just ask a question, so maybe something like, I wonder if this reminds you of a story from Jesus's life. Hmm. So then they start, their imagination starts to become shaped by the gospels and by the life of Jesus. And you bridge again, that secular sacred gap so that, okay, whatever happened at the playground, oh, that's like this. Mm. And they start to understand it. So I, I think um, a non-negotiable for me um, is knowing the gospels, just knowing all the stories, all of them of Jesus as just common vernacular. That's great. And again, like so many of what, so much of what you shared so far today, many of you already have that. Many yeah, of and, you already have access to that. That is not. Can I, yeah, please. Yeah, can, can I say not induction Bible study? Let me just say that Yes. Too. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's letting Jesus come off the page. Let, 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 letting us fall in love with the person and not the paper. Yes. And and uh, and we have to see that in our own lives for Jesus to be real to us. A hundred percent. And I think it's so critical for people that thank you for making that mm-hmm. distinction because all you have to do is think about the last time you try to teach your kid some math problems, <laughs> right? To compare what that pro- what that process was like. <laughs> Anyone teaching long division, we pray and yes. fast for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So. I want to, where I want to leave things Mm. is this conversation. You just talked about it specific to sharing the gospel or Mm. reflecting the gospel to Mm -hmm. kids. I love the way that you talk about pointing kids to Jesus and, Mm -hmm. and that the bridging the gap between the secular and the sacred. So in the year 2022, 
this practice of sharing the gospel has never looked more different. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who work at Awana, those of us who work in children's ministry circles, odds are you have been asked the question, how do I share the gospel with my kid? Mm -hmm. And and I'm not, there's, this isn't a test. I'm not quizzing. One of the things that I'm, am particularly interested from your perspective and your experience is what folks should be keeping in mind while that's mm -hmm. happening. Because I think for so many, there is that sort of inductive Bible study approach of like, oh, I need to teach you these, these gospels. And then I need to ask you this question. And then you can pray this prayer. Mm -hmm. And while that works for some people, odds are the kid in your life, in your ministry in 2022, that may not work for them. So what should folks keep in mind when they're sharing or reflecting or just mm -hmm. trying to point kids to Jesus in their ministries today? Well, maybe I can, um, I'm going to brainstorm with you because Great. I'm new to 2022, just like everybody else is, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple, these are just a couple of thoughts I have. One is you need to be the gospel. You cannot tell about the good news and be bad news. So your own relationship with God is very important. So do the things you need to do, step into that, um, to that stream of living water yourself mm. so that you yourself, and let me just say, are, you can't achieve perfection because perfect parenting, we know is fantasy. Yes. Um, <laughs> she says <laughs> laughing maniacally, um, um, yeah. perfect parent, it, it's transformed parenting. They right. need to see your growth over time. That's what being the good news is. The good news is a trans is a tr is a life that is transforming. That is transforming. So you be the good news. That's the first. The second is, uh, I, it seems that previously we had like a profession of faith, and then discipleship grew from that. But that doesn't seem to be how our world and how human beings are now. We actually live ourselves into a commitment with Jesus. I think it's because we're not as trusting. We have some authority things. But you know what? God, God bats last. This is no surprise to God. God is not ruffled about this. God says, piece of cake. So what we do is we help them to recognize and respond. That builds friendship. That builds trust. Um, yeah, those, those two things, be the good news and help your child to recognize and respond to yeah. God's invitation to them. Amen to that. The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith. Young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. 
Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.